TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. We have two lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And before the break there, the last caller was... I was not quite understanding what he was asking, but he was asking about creating a recovery partition or a recovery uh, thumb drive from his new computer that, he's gonna, that he has. And uh, he was kind of asking about the size of the thumb drive that you need and what they recommended. And uh, he was asking why he should do it. And the answer is you should do it if you want to be able to get back up and running after a hard drive crash. Do hard drives crash? Yes, constantly. We have 6,000-plus systems that we watch. You want to know how many hard drives crash in a week? They crash. So you, you, uh, you, you only have one computer maybe in your home or two, and the chances of your hard drives crashing might be less because you have so few computers, but they crash. <laughs> so do the recovery. Well, the one thing about hard drives you got to understand is mm. all hard drives fail. All it's of just them. a matter of when. Exactly. Either due to a mechanical issue, a power issue, uh, some sort they of... They wear out. They wear out. They're, they're, they're going to crash. So do your recoveries when you get your new computer. Get, to, get the, uh, the little thumb drive, and then you'll be able to recover your operating system, and you'll be able to replace the drive under warranty or, or buy a new one. Take your recovery stick, put it back in, and it'll reinstall. That's kind of a beautiful thing. You want to know a secret? Sure. The good ones are only guaranteed the last three years. Yeah. I mean, they last longer, but, you yeah. know. Most warranties are even one year. Uh, but, yeah, with tab computers, we always warranty them for three uh, along with our servers. But uh, things fail, so you need to be prepared for the failure. Uh, let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to Paul in Bristol next. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. I'm back again. What's up? Um, it's the same thing. I'm the one to ask about the recovery. Um, it's oh. relevant to me whether or not a drive is more likely to fail, whether it's an SSD or a hard drive, and um, both my new computer and my sister's new computer, uh, mine is just basically an SSD, and my sister's has a one terabyte hard drive and a 128 gig SSD, which I encouraged because I think it's nice to start up nice and quick and yeah. shut down quick. So and all that. the answer is they both, all drives fail, whether they're solid mm-hmm. state or not. The higher the chances, um, we couldn't tell you. We're, there's not really data on that that I could give you. Um, I would just tell you to expect something to fail in your computer, whether it's solid state or not. Whether it's a power issue, a virus infection, a ransomware infection, mm-hmm. um, it's good to have a backup because you're going to have some sort of failure. Okay, so the, the basic thing is when you do the recovery disk, which I've always done, Yep. Uh, this will be the first time I'm doing it with a, a jump drive. Now, it's not loading any software on it or anything. It's just uh, the parameters of the operating system and the uh, hard 
where in the computers that was put on there? It'll depend on each manufacturer. But. Yeah, it depends on uh, what you're what you're doing. If you're doing a like a recovery disc, mm-hmm. you can do a recovery disc where it'll do. Uh, they give you the ability to um, uh, basically restore it to factory. Mm-hmm. And, we have the operating system. Which is something you really want to do, but you set that one aside in case the system fails and you need to replace a hard drive. Right. And then the other thing you do is like a full system backup, mm-hmm. which I would recommend. Right. So, After the software is installed on that one. Correct. Right. Now, the other thing, should I use the regular Windows? Should I download something like Macrium? I've not used Macrium before. We use, I like uh, ESUS or EZUS uh, as a way okay. to do a backup. But okay. um, you can use whatever you're comfortable with. Understanding this, the backup is created within the actual language of the backup. So for some people, they could be comfortably backing up all day long because you just configure it and you, you walk away. The pain comes in in understanding how to restore. And, and for a lot of folks, it can be really painful. So... Doing simple copies and pastes with uh, simple batch files, X copies that'll just copy the files as are, you know, the, the, your pictures, you know, everything that's important to you, uh, sometimes gives you a much faster recovery because you're not dealing with software you haven't touched in four years, let's say. You've got it backed up for four years, you've never touched it, and now you get to recover a whole image. I guarantee you, you're going to sit there and say, where do I start? Um, you know, that's, a, that's a good point. Well, quickly, though, uh, and it was other people. Uh, my sister's computer. She has Xfinity. I'm moving, I'm heading back to Florida in another uh, month, mm-hmm. and she's got uh, Xfinity. And um, I loaded Norton into sec- Internet Security on her for free because mm-hmm. it's free. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's more robust than um, Windows Defender. Mm-hmm. Would you still recommend OpenDNS? Yes. Okay. Always. That's pretty much our default. You, okay, now one quick... I don't care what you do, do that. What's crazy. My sister's got a Seagate 3-terabyte USB um, backup drive. Mm-hmm. I installed in 2013. It, it went loaded in with 1.4 gigabytes of material. Yeah. There's been 20,000 incremental backups <laughs> since then. <laughs> nice. Stopping in November of 2015 for some no, unknown reason. Mm-hmm. And have you heard anything about when Windows 10 was put on a machine, whether or not, because uh, I, I saw something where Seagate had an older version of their backup software, and they're saying that they want um, version uh, they want version 4 plus on Windows 10 machines, because I got a whole bunch of incremental folders that show nothing in them. Yep. So here's the beauty. There. Here's the other problem, Paul, with backup. Your software upgraded, right? And now the backup stopped. Stopped working, um, but you think it's working. Yeah, and that's the nature of IT. You, you, this is this is our bane of our existence, and this is why we lose sleep at night making sure our customers' data is always backed up. You is this never where you explain to me how to fix this. Say that again. Is this where you explain to me how to fix this and well, get all those incremental backups to show material? Uh, oh, here's the no, question. no. I would tell you, Paul. Who cares? Um, you're going to lose that string. That Those incrementals, if they've been going on for as long as they have blank, it doesn't matter. What you're going to do is start over, get a fresh image as it, as it looks now, understanding you're going to lose the p- ability to go back in time to grab a, pot- a potential file, and you're going to start over with fresh software uh, or updated software. You cannot try to waste your time to, to, rec- to, pr- to reproduce those incrementals that never occurred. You can't really do that. Well, here's one, this is one thing that's crazy about this. It's mm-hmm. very... Um, it's kind of frustrating. When I take a look at the drive and um, I look at the overall uh, properties of the drive, it's three terabytes. Yeah. It says there's 980-something gigabytes used. 
Okay. The only file I can find is the first installment, the first initial install, where there's 1.4 gigs. I mean, how does it install 900 more gigs and not show any incrementals? Mm. Because your backup is an image file. And what happens with the image file is when it does an incremental, it only backs up what's changed. Yes. So it adds it to that file. And but I can't find a 900 gigabyte file in the uh, tree when it, I. Open it may not be a file. Or, it might be an incremental chunk that is in multiple chunks. You can you can so here's the thing too. You can back up blank space. So when you're doing an when you're doing an image, yeah. So let's say your image you're doing an image backup of a four terabyte server that only has 500 megs of data on it. Yeah. That image will take up four terabytes even though it's empty space. So it's like taking an entire warehouse and having a you know a couple things in the corner, and you're you're putting it in that same space, even though it's empty. It's like a bitmap with one dot in the middle. It could be, yeah. But in your case, you know what I'm saying, though. I mean, you, you, your bitmap's taking the whole thing. And- exactly, with one little pixel. Um, in your case, <laughs> in your case, I would tell you to to start that backup again. And here's the problem with backup: if you don't check to make sure you can have one or do a restoration, it's as useless as not having one. Do a test restore. Uh, more frequently, the better. Yeah. Okay. All right, Paul. Thanks for coming. I understand. Thank you so much. Um, I'll be listening back in Florida in another month or so, and um, we'll be all jealous of you. Well, you know, it's 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 nice. Let's put it that way. I know it is. All right. Well, good good luck, Paul. Thank you for your help. I yep. appreciate it. Our pleasure. Bye bye. All right. Let's move on to Ted in Cheshire. Hey, Ted. Hey. Good morning. Morning. Um, I. Um, uh, I'm calling because uh, we were listening to another program on TIC, mm-hmm. the Clark Howard program. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the things he said was uh, get yourself an inexpensive laptop um, and run, uh, pay your bills and do all this thing, these things so that you're not uh, conflicting with uh, surfing and all this other stuff that can allow people to get into your accounts if well, you're not careful. Yeah, so he's telling you to buy a laptop for just that purpose. Great. Yeah. And uh, my question is, we were running around and I happened to see a, I can't even remember if it was an HP or something else, mm. um, but it had a Celeron processor, which I, from my recollection is an older processor at, from Intel. Yeah, your refrigerator probably has more horsepower, processing power than a Celeron, but go ahead. Um, so, and that's what I was thinking was such an old processor and that had a lot to do with why it was so inexpensive. Yes. Uh, so my question is, what would you, given the, um, what's out there in the market, what would you suggest? For uh, what you're doing for online payments and stuff like that with just that one laptop and you promise you swear to never use it for anything else. You, well, you swear. That's the point. I know it's the point, but you swear you're going to do it? Well, we have two other computers. So All right. Why we should have to go do that on Because you've got grandkids or kids. You come in there and they say, hey, Ted, can I borrow a laptop? And you're like, your wife goes, okay, here's this one. Uh, you've you got to put a padlock right on now. it. Okay. All right. I'm just saying, put, make sure you don't use it for anything else. But my, I guess my recommendation would be an i3 would be fine for a very inexpensive laptop to just do what you're asking it to do. Okay, so HP or any, any well, you're saying any uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, brand with a, with an i3 processor. Yeah, for just what you're asking it to do, you're asking it to do very little. You're doing online payments, right? Yep. Online banking. You're going to still need Open DNS. You're going to still need antivirus, um, and make sure that thing is turned off and not used for anything else. If you're going to do online banking or anything, but I agree with Clark. Yeah. 
Don't, don't. Well, yeah, he was saying run all your finance. Anything you do financially, I run it with just a, a, a like he was saying, like you were saying, a, a in, independent uh, computer that you don't do anything else with. Right. That is quote unquote air gapped, meaning you can turn it off. <laughs> and uh, it won't be sitting there doing anything in the background like updates and reaching out to the internet saying, hey, I need to be uh, checked out here. Uh, you know, you, he's right. It's a dangerous world out, there, world out there, and you end up surfing and get a keylogger on there where someone's capturing your uh, account password and your, your account number and your password, and someone else is transferring your money to other places. Yeah. <laughs> so... Okay, yeah, so uh, anything, uh, any reputable brand with an i3 processor. Yeah, it's all you need. You don't need a whole lot because you're not going to do a whole lot with it. No, no, it's just keeping track of finances and stuff. Yeah. Could we run, uh, say, um, uh, I'm not even sure what, uh, like if you, just to keep track of what we're paying, uh, like if it was a uh, checking account or something like that? Like an Excel spreadsheet or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, i3s are not that powerful either, but you can do that with that laptop. Okay. All right, Ted. Thank you very much. Oh, good luck. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, Clark Howard, I love I love listening to Clark Howard. He's awesome. We're going to step out for a quick break. Three lines open for you. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Danny, hang on. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till 11. So uh, kind of just to kind of creep you out or freak you out further with technology. I don't mean to do this, but we did bring up this malware in the past. And uh, there's a new story out. Let me get my glasses on. I'm going to put my glasses on. can't believe i got to put glasses on. FBI solves mysteries surrounding 15-year-old Fruitfly Mac malware. So way back when, we've talked about this because, of course, everybody knows apples don't get malware. They don't get viruses, right, Bob? Didn't the guy at the, at the fruit stand tell you, the geek, the uh, geniuses over there tell you that apples don't get viruses? They're bulletproof. They're bulletproof. Well, so here's the sad story. Uh, the FBI solved the final mystery surrounding a strain of Mac malware that was used by an Ohio man to spy on people for how many years? 14 years. 14 years this, th- this guy was spying on people. The man, now 28-year-old Philip Durachinsky, was arrested in January of 2017 and charged a year later in January 2018. Um, the U.S. authorities say he created the Fruit Fly Mac malware. Uh, he created it back in 2003 and used it until 2017 to infect victims and take control of their Mac computers and do what? Steal files, key- steal your keyboard strokes, watch you via the webcam, and listen to you via the microphone. This guy wasn't particularly interested in financial crime, but was primarily focused on watching his victims having collected millions of images on his computers, including many of, of course, underage children. So he's a disgusting person on top of being a computer criminal. He created the malware when he was 14 years old and used it for the next 14 years without the Mac antivirus programs ever detecting it on victims' computers. The first known detection, at least according to court documents, was in early 2017 when the FBI in Cleveland was called to investigate a malware incident at the Case Western Reserve University. The FBI investigators found the Fruitfly malware on the university's computer systems, and the trail eventually led back to this guy, resulting in his arrest. I'll put the link up here for you 
The moral of the story is, well, I'll tell you how we got into the system. So what he did was he was using something called port scanning. So you being an Apple Mac user figured nobody would ever hack your system, and you made your Apple Mac available for remote access to be maybe remote controlled or you know what have you, and your port was wide open. And because, of course, you thought your Apple Mac could never be hacked of any kind, your password was something like password or something really basic and simple. And he then used the fact that your passwords were weak and got into your, your Apple device remotely and loaded the software. Um, you need to make sure you have strong passwords, period. A password or password is not a strong password. So I'll put the link up here for you. I know somebody told you your Apple device couldn't be hit with anything, but this guy was hiding out for 14 years watching you do everything on your device if you happen to be hit with this malware. And who knows what he was watching you do. Um, so even in the last caller who is worrying about doing online banking and only going to use his computer at those moments, it's not a guarantee that you're safe. <laughs> Sorry to say. <laughs> Sorry to say it, but it's true. Uh, I'll put a link up here for you. Yeah, not meaning to freak you out, but the easier you make moving money around, <laughs> the higher the chance somebody's going to move it into their account. <laughs> the only guarantees are death and taxes. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, we're going to be here till 11 o'clock, so stick around. Danny and Glastonbury, we got three lines open for you. We're here for another half an hour on this gorgeous Saturday morning, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Everything we've talked about will be posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show, which also works, the name of the show.com. If you go to Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg deems our newsworthy, you have to like us at Tab Computer Systems, and maybe, just maybe, it'll get into your Facebook news feed. And, of course, if you follow us on Twitter over at Tab Computer Sys, while you're following everything else on Twitter, I have no idea how you have any time to follow us, too. It'll get into your Twitter feed. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Dr. Alessi is going to be in next at 11, and he'll give you uh, some second opinion on your, on your health advice. But feel free to get online. We have three lines wide open. I know it's a gorgeous Saturday morning. Maybe you're in Southington at the Apple Harvest, which is awesome. The, uh, the fritters are flying off the shelves, flying out of the booth. They can't make them fast enough. That thing is a money-making machine, and it goes to a good cause. Uh, but feel free to stop by there. But right now, we're here till 11 to help you out with your computer problems, questions. And let's go to our resident groupie, Danny. Hey, Danny. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, I got an email last week uh, on my Gmail. Yeah. It's got a little circle with a G, a G in it, and, and the bold print, it says Gmail, and it says you're not using the official Gmail app. Right. Uh, Gmail app to the – Gmail update to get the official Gmail app and improve your service switch now. Mm-hmm. It's up and to I you. I my, uh, you know, in my apps, and I do have the Gmail app. So that's not Gmail, probably? No, it is. Uh, you can use that app. You, what you're using for your email might be the little red M. Yep. And they want you to go and use the little G. Oh, okay. So they've upgraded it. It's a marketing thing, yeah. Your choice. You can do it or not. Uh-huh. Uh, it's up to you. And this thing with Chrome, logging in with Chrome, I I haven't had uh, to do that. Because you're already logged in as Danny from Glastonbury. They already know who you are, where you're going, what oh, you're okay. searching, what you're doing. So they're, I'm already under the microscope. So they don't... Yeah, you're on the Googleplex. Okay. <laughs> hey, how are you doing with Elon? Oh, he's in trouble. <laughs> uh, 
I wasn't sure if you're going to talk about it today or no, not. Yeah, well, I was going to. The boy got a bad head. Uh, yeah, yeah, he might. You know, that deal the SEC offered him was like incredibly um, lenient. Of course, it was. But you know, he said that he did have money from the Saudis, and he thought that he did have a deal, and they wound up going with the. Um, that that car called Lucid, the company called Lucid, that makes another uh, EV car. Yeah, well, it's good to have ink on paper before you say something. Yeah. To affect the stock instead of a verbal agreement. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry to hear you. Know, he's going through so much trouble. Uh, you know, there's a Market Insider report talking about the speed with which the investigation was opened mm-hmm. was surprising. I don't think it's surprising. We we have subsidized over 200,000 Tesla vehicles to the tune of $1.5 billion in tax dollars to people buying eighty and $100,000 vehicles. I think we should go after him if oh, he's going to play I, around. I, you know, I hate that, that whole government subsidy for uh, uh, things like that, even though I love him. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm con- I've been conflicted all along. Like, he got a ton of money that saved him with SpaceX from, uh, from Obama. Mm-hmm. He bailed him out on that. Yeah. But, you know... Why does he get to be the winner? What's, there's plenty of smart guys out there. Uh, yeah, but not as smart as him. That's a joke. Well, too smart. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's Funding so smart, secured 420. Wasn't that smart? He's so smart, he's dumb. Mm. He, he needs to pick better girlfriends, too. Uh, maybe I will. That could probably happen to a lot of folks. Yeah. Okay, but, uh, guys. All right. Thanks, Danny. Hopefully things go okay for Mr. Musk. I'm not wishing him any ill will, but. Funding secured 420 was probably not the smartest thing he ever said on, t- on Twitter. <laughs> you should take away his Twitter account. <laughs> well, was that after he was uh, doing the uh, With Joe Rogan? Doing, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it might have been before. So what do you get, Bob? We're waiting for your calls, guys. Feel free to get on line. We have four lines wide open, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. What do you got? Well, we got elections coming around the corner, right? I hear we do. Okay. Well, did you know that 26 states, over half, of U.S. states are using voting machines with a known vulnerability, says report. You're kidding. This is a CNET article. Half of the states that we have out there using these voting machines have a known vulnerability. Election machines in 20, used in 26 states and D.C. Of course, D.C. Remain vulnerable to a cybersecurity flaw that was disclosed in 2007, according to a new report. In 2007? Yeah, it's 2007. That's 11 years ago. It sounds like how our DMV backs up their well, software. You know but go how ahead. fast Congress moves. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Holy moly. <laughs> it only moves fast if there's something negative. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, 2007. Okay. The vulnerability in the Model 650 ballot counting machine made by election systems and software was among several outlined in a DEF CON report released Thursday. Mm-hmm. The report, uh, based on research, and this year's cybersecurity conference called on Congress to regulate basic security standards of the machines. A flaw in the Model 650's yeah. update procedures posed a security risk, according to the report, and was previously identified in a report commissioned by Ohio's Secretary of State in 2007. Jeez. While the 11-year-old flaw requires physical access to the machine, Mm -hmm. the researchers also found that hackers can gain access to the ballot counting machines remotely and hack into them within two minutes. Oh, my gosh. The base-level security protections on the M615 are not as advanced as the security protections that exist on the voting machines ES&S manufacturers today. Mm. Because we discontinued manufacture of those unit, units early in uh, in early 2008, yeah. ESX spokes, 
person, Jill Register, said in an email statement, although we believe that the security protections on the M650 are strong enough to make it extraordinarily difficult to hack in in a real-world environment and therefore safe and secure to use in an election. Interesting. Only two minutes to hack in. (laughs) Safe and secure. Well, I mean, here in Connecticut, and you know, you might find ballots in your trunk from Bridgeport any time, no matter what what tool you use. So I'm not sure it matters. But go ahead. Other voting machines showed vulnerabilities at DEF CON before as well. It was reported in July 2017 that advanced voting solutions, WinVote machines, mm-hmm. were used in Virginia until 2015, even though the company went out of business in 2007 <laughs> for lacking security. You're kidding. You're not kidding. I know you're not it's kidding. In here. It's in here. I'm just reading it verbatim. <laughs> We st- oh, my gosh. Hackers try to find security flaws in voting machines at the Voter Hacking Village at no DEF CON every year. That's fun. All right. Okay. So we'll put a link up here for you guys. So It's fun to read these things. It's I mean, scary. You can't make it up. No. You can't make it up. <laughs> I wish we were, but we can't. So we'll put a link up here for you. And, uh, you know, as with everything with the government, as our bridges are crumbling, they're saying, hey, by the way, our bridges are crumbling. Oh, yeah. You noticed? <laughs> Oh, what did you do with the money? Oh, well, that's a whole other story. Let's go to uh, Joe first in Berlin. Our lines are all jamming up. What do you got, Joe? Uh, earlier, somebody called about trying to connect uh, to a, a printer port, parallel printer port from their USB. Yes, sir. They're trying to connect an old zip drive to do it. Yep. Okay. Uh, there is a, an outfit called USB Gear. Sure. That makes all these converters. Yep. Uh, and I would strongly recommend them going directly to their website. Cool. There are there are um, uh, companies making they're, they're they're labeled identical. They look identical. Yeah. You get them on eBay, but they don't work. Right. You've had good luck with this one. Uh, absolutely. USB absolutely. gear. U.S. The name of the company is USB gear. Go right to their website. And we'll put it out there, you know, Joe. We appreciate 15, it. 15, 20 bucks, and you can. You'll be all set and running. That sounds great. Hopefully that works for him. I appreciate the call. Okay. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, there's tons of stuff out there that you can try. You know, we've, we go to – I like uh, uh, StarTac. They're a good site to get good uh, technology interfaces as well. Um, let's go on to William from Hartford. Morning, William. Good morning. What's up, sir? Uh, my question involves uh, Yahoo email. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suddenly, a couple of months ago, all of our inbound emails arrived in, almost all of our inbound emails arrived into the trash mailbox. Oopsie. Uh, Occasionally, we get one into the regular inbox. Somebody told us if we went to Yahoo settings, we could correct that, and we can't find a setting to reset to correct it. Do you have any ideas? Hmm. No, I don't use Yahoo. However... Uh, you can set up specific folders to do this. Uh, you might have done it by accident. Um, there is, I see a post right here, solved, incoming email, goes to trash. This is ah. from the Yahoo community. Um, and we can put the solution up here to see, uh, to walk you through it. That's what we did, and we found out we should go into settings. Yeah, that's what we did, and we're and we're supposed to go into settings. We couldn't find a setting to reset, but we'll look at that post. Yeah, check Popper IMAP settings uh, in any installed email client. So the question is, are you using a client to get your email, or are you using the web to, to browse your email? Which are you using? When I say a client, are you using a software tool to read your email, or are you using the, a browser? 
a browser. Okay, so that may not work on the POP or IMAP settings. Um, and, and by the way, this happens in the Yahoo account, whether it's an Apple device or a PC. Yeah, so it's on the account side. It's on the Yahoo side uh, that you might have an issue here. It appears here. to be, yes. Yeah, so you have to go to check your filter. So here it says hover over the gear icon, which is in your Yahoo mail when you're browsing, and check the filters. See if any okay. filter was added that moves to the trash. Uh, that's where you would find it. So if you hover over the gear while you're in the Yahoo Mail uh, settings, check to see if you've got any anything that's been set to move to the trash. That might be where it changed. But we'll put a link up here for you. Uh, you can see what this guy said to do. And Great. you got a uh, confirmation from folks that it solved the issue. Perfect. Thank you. I got a second quick, quick yeah. question. What's the best uh, router modem uh, to replace the high-priced, low low-tech Comcast gear. <laughs> well, you have to buy two separate devices. You have to buy a modem, and you have to go to like Staples or Best Buy and buy an actual Comcast-compatible modem, and that'll uh-huh. cost you 50 bucks or, or so, less. or yeah. less, yeah. And then you need to get a firewall router, which would be something from Cisco Linksys, uh, Asus. When I, when, there's a ton of them out there. You can do some comparisons. I haven't looked lately to find the quote-unquote best one. Um that's all relative, but if you go to places like CNET or PC Mag to see how they rate or rank some of these other uh, firewall routers, you can get a good feeling for what other folks have used. I used a I use a, a Linksys um, Cisco Linksys device in my home. It's getting a little older now, a couple of years, um, but it's still a good a good router. It's a 1900 ACS. Um, you can and look those at items. Well, uh, the uh, what is it? The modem that also handles the phone over the cable. So you're still one of those guys, huh? Um, yeah. <laughs> so no, you may have trouble with that, and that's kind of why they bundled this for you. This is what how they force you to pay for the modem. Um, yeah. They've bundled your your uh, phone service into it, and you only can get it to work if you have a modem that can handle the phone line, and then uh-huh. you get to rent it from them. And that's why it adds twelve bucks a month to your costs, right? So you can ask yourself: Do you really still need a landline? Do you have a cell phone? Oh yeah. So you all have you have cell phones, but we also have a security system that's tied into the landline. There it is. So you still need a landline. So that they've kind of got you with that bundling. They've kind of said to you, "Well, William, you want what we got? It's going to cost you twelve bucks to rent this modem every month, even though you don't want it. <laughs> um, even though it's uh, low grade. Yeah. Or or you consider a different way to communicate with your security folks. I'm sure they offer cellular. Yes, they do. There, there's a some kind of a essentially built-in cell phone into the system. Yep. For, so you could. Uh, another 12 or so yeah, you're gonna pay somebody yep pay me now pay me later yep um but that's your problem so i don't think you're gonna find one that's gonna support the phone line okay if, if you've got it bundled in there all right thanks all right William. yep bye bye we're gonna step out for a quick break get back to your calls john and paul hang on this is computer talk we'll be right back And we are back. Thank you for joining us on this lovely Saturday morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab, and we're going to uh, take your calls right to the top of the hour here. We're going to go right to them. Uh, and Dr. Leslie is in the green room getting ready to go for healthy rounds, so stick around for that. If you missed anything on our show, of course, you can go to the podcast over at WTIC. Our show is podcast weekly, so probably sometime Monday or so, or maybe even Tuesday, that podcast will get posted, and you can go back and listen to whatever we talked about and maybe some of the answers we gave Um and it goes back many, many months, so you never miss a show. Let's go on to uh, John in East Longmeadow next. Morning, John. 
Good morning, gentlemen. What's up? Uh, I have a question. Is there a way to get... Uh, I, I want to move a bunch of pictures off of my phone to my computer. Okay. And I thought I could just plug in a USB cable into into the PC and into the phone and, and find them and move them over. Uh, it's not as easy as it used to be. I know. That's the, why, what, what do I have to do? What do you have for a phone? Is it Android or Apple? An- Android. Okay. Yeah, so Google in all of its wisdom is, is, especially with newer phones, sticking everything in the cloud, um, not as much as being stored locally. But there is a process you can follow, and it's a little more painful. It's Actually, I'm very disappointed in how Google is approaching this for folks. Um, there is a process, though, you can follow to add the phone as a USB drive. I need to kind of know the make and model of your phone to help me make sure we find a good answer for you because it seems to be different amongst different makes and models of phones because they all want your data. <laughs> yeah. So okay, what? Well, what is it? it it's a uh, uh, Moto G. Uh, it's it's a it's a seventy nine dollar phone. I, 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 That's I don't okay. The... So it's a, it's a Moto G. Yeah. And you want to get the data, get the files off of it. Right. All right. So we get to uh, find a good answer for the specific Moto G. Um, da, 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 da. Yep, we've got some answers here for you. you I assume you have the uh, cable that was supplied for the, Moto, the USB cable from, uh, from yeah, the Oh, main. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to give you step-by-step. Um, we'll put some links up here for you as to how to do it. And... You'll have to follow those steps specifically. You're going to have to put it in like a – you might have to put the, the device in a debug mode as far as the USB port is concerned. And uh, it will then finally be seen by your computer, and then you should be able to browse over and copy the files. But oh, it, won't, okay. it won't be that simple, but it won't be that hard either if you get the instructions. But it is I'll, more frustrating I'll, than it used to be. I'll uh, follow that on the – Yeah, on the uh, old website. On the website. Okay, I have another quick question. Okay. My uh, MP3 player, which I take to the gym every time I go and I listen while I'm on the treadmill, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, five, six, seven years old. I think I've dropped it one too many times and sure. it's failing. Yeah. It's failing. Is there a way of putting uh, like the uh, downloaded MP3 files that that I've got off of iTunes or wherever, of putting them onto the onto the phone? Would that <laughs> would this process it, about taking stuff off would it let me put stuff back on it it will it's going to be painful too though because everyone wants you to do it through their ecosphere um you know you're going to have different players they're going to look for different files in different places on the phone but the general answer to your question is yes you can move files that way uh you then have to tell the software you're going to use to play the file where it is um it's not going to be as easy as again as it used to be That's what they want you to do, and they want you to play within their ecosphere and uh, get everything from them. It's it's really getting crazy. Uh, I'll put the link though as far as how to move data. You can try it the other way and see if it can work for you, John. Thank you very much. You got it, sir. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. I want to thank everybody for joining us on this Saturday morning. Thank you, Matt, for producing. Thank you, Mike G, for posting everything live over at computertalkwithtab.com. Or if you like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook, it'll get into your news feed. Or you can follow us at Tab Computer Sys on Twitter. And uh, have a great day. See you next time. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.